year, we are focused on tremendous fruitfulness and, and, and pressing to another level of fruitfulness. He said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you and anointed you and scheduled you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. So you are chosen to bear fruit. Just snap yourself every now and then. I got to bear some fruit. Amen. Just remind myself I need to be bearing some fruit. Hallelujah. And if you don't have your tremendous fruitfulness bracelet, we can hook you up right over here right after service. Amen. So. We're, we're focused on bearing fruit this year, getting to new levels of knowing him because it's only in him that we're able to do it. He said, without me, you can do nothing. So it's about abiding in him, being more intimate in him, knowing him at a whole nother level so that we can bear the fruits that go along with him. And so for the last 10 weeks, we've been looking at the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives because the Holy Spirit, he says, if you abide in me and it, you, you have to abide in me. He said, you, we have to abide in him. And so how do we abide in him is through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's with us every day. He's the one who's called alongside to help us in life. So we've been looking at the power of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit that brings this, this level of living to our lives that is way above just low level, getting through, getting by every day, living, going to work, coming home, and I'm not focused on anything spiritual. That's called low living. But we've been looking at living at a level with God where we're up here in the spirit, where we're, we're walking in the spirit. We're not walking a fleshly life out, but we're sons of God. These are the sons of God, the ones that are led by the spirit of God. So being led by his spirit every day into those good things that he has prepared for us, the living, being led by the Holy Spirit. So today I want to talk to you about Holy Spirit led life in difficulties. In difficulties, you either in here today have just come out of a difficulty or you're in difficulty or get ready because you go into some difficulty because Jesus let us know difficulties are part of the human existence. It's part, it's part of being alive. It's part of being, it's part of being a, a human. Look at uh, number one, difficulties in life. Difficulties are part of the human experience. It's part of the human experience that we're going to go through troubles. We're going to have trials. We're going to have tribulations. People that you think ought to act right in your life are are not always going to act right. Uh, The job you thought you loved, for some reason, sometimes we'll lose a job or we'll get laid off. Um, A person will pass away in our lives, and that changes your whole life. Things happen in life. Turn and tell your neighbor and say, things happen. So we're all going to experience difficulties. And I know I've told God before, I don't have to have every testimony. (laughs) You you can save some for somebody else because I feel like I've, I've had my share. But you know what? With every difficulty, I can look back and say that I truly learned to know God at another level. Because difficulties really just... They really, you're, it sort of produces a stage for God to show how big he is and really for you to show what's in you. You really don't know what you got till you get tested. You just have a theory. You don't really know till you really get tested what kind of faith you really have in you. So there's difficulties are part of the human experience. And there are four reasons. It's not on your note sheet, but I want you to jot it on the back, on the back or in the margin somewhere. I want you to write these four reasons why we have difficulties. The first reason is satanic resistance or satanic um, uh, interference. 
satanic interference, the devil. You says The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking someone he can devour. The Bible says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So there are some satanic interference and some satanic problems that happen just because there's a devil who's real good at doing what he does. Amen? But he's no match for us. Right? Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. So stuff might come against you, but he doesn't have power to harm you. So we know that satanic interference is one way and one reason why we have difficulties in life. But don't let people just blame everything on the devil. Works my nerves. Because, you know, human flesh can do a whole lot of wrong. If you look at Galatians chapter 5, starting about 19 and go all the way down to like verse 21, the works of the flesh are evident. Outbursts of wrath, murder, malice, just sinful nature in mankind can do some pretty awful stuff. So we don't blame everything on the devil. You can't say the devil made me do it every time. (laughs) Amen. But there is satanic uh, interference in our lives. He does come to steal, kill, and destroy. He does come. He's got, he's got you in his, in his target hairs. And let, let me tell you, in your, in his crosshairs, let me tell you, when you sign up to do ministry, you better be ready because he's coming for you. He's coming for you. He's going to attack your marriage. He's going to attack your job, your finances, especially if you're doing something for God. You're going to be under attack. So that's one of the reasons that we have, um, uh, tribulation and trials and troubles in life. Another is just human error. Human error. Write that down. Human error. So the first one is satanic. Second one is human. Just straight up human. Human error. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to think we're doing the right thing, but we should have done something else. Just human error. Amen. Everybody got that? There will be some times that we'll make some, some mistakes, but you know the good thing about God is even when it's your fault, you cry out to him and say, Daddy, I messed up. I messed up, Daddy, and he'll cause that whale to vomit you right on dry land. Amen. God God prepared a fish for Jonah. And when Jonah cried out to God from the belly of the whale or the fish, the fish vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now, that would have been a sight to see. (laughs) Even when it's your fault, God still got your back. Amen. You get yourself into something or God said go this way and you went that way like Jonah did. God still got your back. So human error, that's another reason we have difficulty. Another is just signs of the times. Sometimes there's just things, so write that down. The first one was what? Satanic. The second is what? Human error. The third one is signs of the times. Just things happen. Like there was a, a drought, and Elijah went and, and God said, go by the brook and, uh, and, and drink from the brook, and I'll send ravens, and the ravens will come and feed you. The brook dried up because there was a drought. How many of you know, no water, that's going to cause you some trouble. So there's just things that happen in the earth, uh, economic downturn, um, China tariffs can cause us to, you know, cause our money to kind of get funny for a little bit, you know. Um, so there can be things that just happen in the economy, things that happen in life that are just signs of the times, things that happen. The brook dried up. Got it? So number one was number two, number three. And number four is the call of God on your life. The call of God on your life can cause you to have 
um, difficulties, trials, and troubles. And you know, you know, when I got saved and I realized, oh, God wanted to use me to preach and wanted to use me to do ministry, you know, I was so excited. And I thought, well, God, I'm ready. Let's go. I'm ready to go around the world, ready for this worldwide ministry. I wasn't ready. God had to get me ready. And it took years of God grooming me to get me ready to do it. So, you know, you got to just go through the process. Go through the process. There's, was many, there were many trials, many things that have happened in my life that proved me over the years. It's proven me that God could trust me, that I would be faithful, that I wouldn't run off the first time trouble hit. Come on, you, sometimes it's just some stuff you're going to go through because there's a call of God on your life. Amen. All right. So no one is exempt. Everybody's got their fight to fight. Alfred's got his fight. He's fighting. Um, Michelle Rice, is, she's another member of our church. She's got her fight. She's fighting it. You got, Joshua's got his fight. He's fighting. Um, Eduardo, you've got your fight. Nick, you've got your fight. Tamar, you've got your fight. You've got your every, We've all got our fight that we're fighting. Allison, you've got your fight, right? And it's all something different. If I asked you to raise your hand, you would say, yeah, I'm fighting right now, and this is what I'm fighting. Your fight is not everybody else's fight, but you've got to be ready to fight your fight. Amen. John 16:33. And I love what Jesus is doing here. This is what I love about him is he lets you know ahead of time. He said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. So whatever you're going through right now, Jesus said, it doesn't have power to harm you and I've conquered it for you. Amen. So 1 Corinthians 10, 13, look at this. It's part of the human experience. No temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance and that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to what? Human experience and such as man can bear. Because some people, you know, it, it reads in the New King's Names for the no test or trial is overtaken you except what's common to man. Except what's common to man. So other people are facing trials too. The devil wants to come and tell you you're the only one. What am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? It's that you're doing things right. <laughs> that's what it is. You're doing something right. That's why, that's why there's, there's going to be um, issues and troubles. But it's part of the human spirit experience. And don't let the devil isolate you and make you, make you think you're the only one. Because that's not true. You're not the only one. Every, every test and trial you could go through, it's been going on since the beginning of mankind. Look at the first family, Adam and Eve. One son killed the other. And then the other was banished forever. And so Adam and Eve look at each other. Well, I guess we got to do this again. They had to start all over with their family all over again. So trouble has been going on since the beginning, the very first family. So you're not the only one. You're not the only one. So you got to put that lie out your head when it comes to you. Amen. All right. So number two, we can overcome in difficult situations. You got to know that God has a plan for you to overcome. First John five, four, it says, whatever is born of God does what? overcomes the world how many of you born again in here well, who's been born of god then you're an overcomer automatically that makes you an overcomer so whatever is born of god overcomes the world and this is the victory that's overcome the world our faith so we got to be we got to use our faith and and what does first timothy 6 12 say fight the good fight of faith faith is a fight 
Say, okay, I'm ready for it. Wherever this, this fight has come from, let's get to it. Let's get with it. I'm going to win. I'm an overcomer. As long as I get in there and fight, as long as you don't quit, you'll win. As long as you don't quit, you'll win. Stay in there. And just when the devil thinks you're going to quit, you know, take your towel, throw it up in the air. And he thinks, ah, they throw the towel in. No, grab it, wipe your face off, and then go in for another round. Amen. That traumatizes the devil. Go in for another round. Romans 8, 37 through 39. It says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, that's that's demons, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? First John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So whatever is coming at you, the greater one lives on the inside of you, and he's going to carry you through it. Okay, now let's look at being led by the Spirit in difficult times. So number one. The Holy Spirit is always with us, even in difficulty. Holy Spirit's always with us, even in difficulty, okay? See, we have such a, such a propensity to feel isolated and feel like you're all by yourself in the fight, but you're not all by yourself. He's there with you. You know, if I asked, if I took a poll of people on the street and asked, who would you rather have with you? Jesus or the Holy Spirit? Most people would probably say Jesus, right? Face to face, Jesus? Oh yeah, I'm all about that. Absolutely. But see, Jesus, we have, we, we don't really understand the work of the Holy Spirit if that's our answer. Because Jesus let us know that it was to our advantage that He go away so that He could send Him. Look what He said here in John 16, 7. It is to your what? advantage that I go away for if I do not go away the helper will not come to you but if I depart I will send him to you John fourteen sixteen. he said and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper we know that word helper or comforter is is in the Greek it's the parakletos and that means one called alongside to help so the parakletos is with you and he's with me He's in you and he's in me. I don't know how that can be, but he's with all of us. He knows everything. He knows everything. He knows the mind of God. He knows your mind. He knows everything that's going on with you. And he's assigned to be our helper. Each one of us. He's with us. So he says that, that he, t- t- he will give you another helper that he may abide or live with you forever. He's come to live with you and me, to help us, to be our helper. Message translation says, I will talk to the Father, and he'll provide you another friend. Put a circle around that word friend. He's a friend who's with you 24-7, 365. Another friend so that you will always have someone with you. This friend is the spirit of truth. This friend is the spirit of truth. And I'm going to tell you why that's so important. I heard Pastor Bridget tell a story one time. My, my, my apostles or my, my, my bishop's wife, Pastor Bridget, had gone to a doctor's appointment to get the results from uh, just a, a regular checkup. And they told her, um, we have a problem. There's some cancer cells, and um, we need to further investigate this situation. And the, the doctor stopped and said, wait, do we need to get 
have somebody else here with you while you hear this news? She said, no. The person I need with me is already right here with me. So um, because when the doctor was given her facts, facts are just what the doctor's report says, right? But the spirit of truth is my friend, right? And the truth of God's word is unchanging, right? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not a man that he should lie. So when you get the, the bad report, it's a fact, right? But the truth overcomes the fact because a fact can change. It's a fact today, but it might not be a fact tomorrow because my God is a healing God. And truth over, out, is, uh, outweighs fact. Amen. So it doesn't matter whatever fact the doctor was giving her that day. Her friend, the spirit of truth, was there with her that says, don't worry about this. By his stripes, you're healed. Amen. So the spirit of truth is our friend and he's there with us 24-7, 365. Proverbs 18-24 says there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I remember one time I was brushing my teeth and just like, man, I just felt the presence of God so strong. And I said, wow, God, I just thank you. I just really thank you for me being able to feel and sense your presence so much right now. But just while I'm brushing my teeth, the spirit of God spoke to me. He said, I'm with you every time you brush your teeth. Every time I do anything, it just, when I'm laying there sleeping, when I'm doing nothing, he's right there with me. He's with you every time you brush your teeth, every time you get in the car to drive. Not only him, but there's an angelic host all around, a a guard of angels that are there just to watch over me, to protect me, to see God's face every day. Whoo, you ought to think about it, y'all. You ought to think about it. Amen. So, um... Hebrews 13, 5 through 6 says, Since God assured us, I'll never let you down, never walk off and leave you, we can boldly quote, God is there ready to help. I'm fearless no matter what, who, uh, or no matter what, who or what can get to me. Woo, that's good, y'all. Amplified says, For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not. I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down, or relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Hallelujah. We have a God, the Holy Spirit, who is with us all the time. We know God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are three, yet they're one. It's like we have water in three forms. Water can be in the form of ice, it can be solid, it can be a vapor. Or it can be liquid. It's all water, but it's in three forms, right? So we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're all God, but in three forms. Amen? One God, three forms. And the Holy Spirit is the one who's the Spirit of God, who's who's called alongside to help you in any difficulty you might find yourself in. And the best part of being in that is knowing that I am not in it by myself. I'm not fighting by myself. But he's in there fighting with me. The Bible says he trains my hands for war. He shows me how to fight and make it through this difficulty. He's already won it for me. It's really the fight is already fixed. Amen. He's the conqueror. That makes me more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Praise God. All right. Number two, the Holy Spirit comforts and strengthens us in the midst of difficulties. So like I said, you really don't know the power that's in you until a challenge presents itself to draw it out. Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, 
and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So that doesn't sound like just a little bit, does it? No, you shall receive ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So he strengthens us in our walk with, with God. So 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. No temptation or trial has come to you. We read it just a minute ago, but look at it in the Amplified. No temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance and that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience and such as man can bear. Now look at this part. I love this. But God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature and he can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure. Woo! Say this, I have strength to resist and power to endure. Come on, say that again. I have strength to resist and power to endure. Come on, say it again like you mean it. I have strength to resist and power to endure. Amen. But he says, but with the temptation or with the trial, he will always also provide the way out, the means of escape to a landing place that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. Part of the overflow in life that Jesus promised he came to give us in John 10, 10 is that we would have the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's what makes the difference. John 10, 10, he says the thief comes only to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that they may have and enjoy life And have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Part of that overflow in life is that he lives in me. And he overflows out of me. The fruit of the Spirit is what other people need from God through me. Amen. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That all comes from the Spirit of God living in me. It's the fruit that abiding in him provides for other people. Amen. Not just for me, but other people need that from me. And you know what? If it matters to you, it matters to God. Um, Romans 8, 28 says that, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Would y'all put a circle around where it says all things? All things work together for good. Because you might be going through something right now that you cannot figure out for the life of you. How is this going to work together for good? How is this going to be good for me? I don't understand how it's going to work. But it does. You know, I've been in the middle of some pretty tough stuff. And I thought to myself, God, how, how are we going to win after this? And here I stand. I'm on the other side of it. Amen. And, and, and I'm sure there'll be some more things I have to go through while I'm still here. I pray not, but I'm not looking for trouble. But if it comes my way, I'm ready for it. Because I know the same God who brought me through before is going to bring me through again. He can be trusted. He did it. He did it once. I know he's going to take me through again. Amen. You know, uh, Kevin, Kevin texted me this week and he's not here. He was going to be here today, but I guess he decided a little stinker, take another week off. But um, let me just, what? Yeah. So I'm going to read his text. Ha. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, there it was. Kevin Golden. So he texted me this week. Kevin has been planning. Kevin is a Disney World freak. He loves Disney World. Anything Mickey Mouse, anything. He, he loves, he loves him some, uh, Disney World. So he's been planning. He has been planning his Disney World vacation and cruise with his wife to go to, with his wife, his children and his grandchildren for a year. He's been paying on it, scheduling it, 
planning it. And anybody who knows Kevin Golden knows he's got a spreadsheet of what they're doing at what time every single day. It's all planned to the nth degree. Okay? They were going to drive out to from here. They were going to rent a van, and they were going to drive all the way to Florida, get on the cruise ship, come back, and then I think everybody was going to go their separate ways. And then the following week, he and his wife, Brenda, were going to spend their, their, their second week of their vacation at Disney World, just the two of them. Okay? So they were going to drive, and they were going to have to drive back. But her, his daughter was going to fly and fly back. Okay. So listen to this. This is this week when Hurricane Dorian popped up. He was going to have to go. This is exactly where the hurricane was, where he was going on the day that the hurricane was going to be there. So he says, is this some sort of faith fight or is this just something out of my control? Have you seen the news about Hurricane Dorian? They're projecting this thing to hit the Florida East Coast near where my cruise ship leaves from on the day of our departure. I'm like, oh, no. He says, do I have the right to believe by faith that this hurricane will fizzle out or go somewhere else, et cetera, et cetera? Or is this just the storms of life will come? I mean, come on, really? I planned this thing over a year ago, and it just happens to be the day I'm supposed to leave and, uh, and the port I'm supposed to leave from? I know it's trivial in the grand scheme of life, but man, this is emotionally taxing. It seems awfully coincidental, like everybody's out to get me, right? Is my faith being tested or am I just reading way too much into this? Taking everything in me not to cry, LOL. I said, well, I wouldn't take it personally. It's coming for a lot of people if it makes it. I would start talking to it. He said, I've been talking to it for days. I said, well, can you reschedule the trip? He said, and everything I say, just the opposite happened so far. They haven't canceled it yet, so he's in his flesh. He's in his feelings right there, see? Okay, looking at circumstances. I said, well, it may go another direction. He said, well, so far, the, according to my calculations, the projected track keeps moving north. Every morning I wake up and look, it's projected to hit land further north than the day before. Maybe it'll hit the Carolinas. But Harold lives there. See, that's my dilemma. I'm not going to pray this thing, 100-mile-an-hour hurricane hit somebody else because I want to go on a cruise. How immature would that be? If they canceled it, well, uh, if, it, if, if they cancel it, we'll just reschedule for like December or something. We're trying to figure out where I should drive and where Lacey should fly into and uh, when and all of that. But their forecasts are all over the place right now. We'll have to make a decision by Saturday morning. This is last Saturday. Hopefully by then they'll have a better idea of what this thing is going to do. It is what it is. It's never as bad as it first appears. My father has good plans for me, good and a hope for, for my future, not to harm me. Dorian has to shut up because I'm going on a Disney cruise in five days and that's all there is to it. <laughs> I said, amen. <laughs> then he said, sorry, I had a momentary faith lapse, but I'm back on track now. I said, glad I could help. <laughs> and then, so then he gets on the phone and he's, we're talking back and forth because he's talking to them and they want to charge him $9,000 more to move it a week later. So the poor guy is just crushed. So he says they, they didn't go for it. They want $9,000 more to get on a ship, on, on a tomorrow ship. So they will not give us a refund. They will only let us rebook a different cruise in the future and make us pay the difference. I said, boo. But somehow this will work together for your good. I declared it right then. Somehow this has to work together for your good. So he's like, amen. He's like, there's no way that ship's going to be back into Port Canaveral, Florida, uh, by Wednesday, we're holding out hope that they will port in Galveston and give everyone the option to leave out of Galveston for half the cruise that they offered us for the next Wednesday. Then we could just drive down there and then fly home from Florida on the next week after we do the Disney, Disney World. That would be great. Plus, we get half our money back. I'm like, yeah. Well, what ended up happening was he, 
I said, hold on. Somehow this is going to work together for your good. I kept encouraging him on the phone. Come to find out, he got booked for another cruise, which is next week. He ended up getting so much money back from having to move it, and I think they're missing like one day of the cruise. They slipped one day out of the cruise. He got so much more money back that they get to fly out there now and fly back. So he's getting the same trip minus one day, but he's getting to fly. I'm like, Kevin, you really did not miss anything because you were going to have to spend days of your vacation driving out there and days driving back. So really you're ending up with more. And In fact, they ended up with so much money coming back, they actually have spending money. Like an extra thousand dollars? Yeah. Stuff works together for our good, y'all. I don't care what they're... I said, Kevin, they're going to say something to you on the phone like, we don't normally do this, but let me check with my supervisor and see if I can do this one thing for you. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. God raises up favor. So right in the middle of what you think is a disaster, God's using it to just just fold together something to make it even better for you. Amen. It's like when you bake a cake, you put flour in there, you put baking soda, baking powder, salt, eggs, all separately. That's terrible. Like nobody wants to eat baking powder, right? That'd be horrible. What would it be like? It'd be terrible. It'd be bitter, wouldn't it? But you've got to have the bitter stuff in there to make the cake so good. It goes in with the sugar and all that other stuff. So God is able to take stuff that's bitter and bad and terrible and fold it all in there together and make it into something that's a masterpiece that turns out to be better for you than what you could have thought up on your own. He's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all we ask, think, dream, or imagine. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Let me see where I am here. Second Corinthians 4, 8 through 9. It says, we're hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Amen. So it's not going to prosper against you. In fact, it's going to work together to be something better in your life. All right. Number three, the Holy Spirit helps us pray about our difficulties. You know, sometimes you get in some stuff and like Kevin, I can't pray for the, for the storm to go north. I don't want it to hit Harold's house. His friend Harold lives in North Carolina. You know, do I pray for it to go somewhere else? Well, I don't want to pray it over onto someone else just so I can go on a cruise. It's like sometimes you don't know how to pray. How, how do I pray in this situation? Well, um, Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So when you pray in your prayer language, when you pray in tongues, you're praying the perfect will of God. And you're praying some things loose that you don't even have any idea about. Amen. God's able to do all kinds of stuff. You know, Early in ministry, I was, I was so hurt by people early in ministry. People lied on me and, and, uh, just did some things that in church, I didn't think, I thought everybody loved Jesus in church. But there were some people in church that did not love Jesus and they, they said some things about me that weren't true. Really, really, I was so hurt that I stopped reading my Bible and I stopped praying. Uh oh, that's dangerous. Dangerous. So I called the old pastor in, the old, uh, preacher in, a friend of mine in, in, uh, South Africa. His name is, uh, Don Norman. He's gone home to be with the Lord now, but I called him and I told him, I said, he said, what's going on, Sally? What's happening? And I told him what was happening and how I had my feelings so hurt. He said, um, have you prayed, girl? I said, no, I haven't prayed. I just want to throw up. He said, hmm. He said, Sally, when we have the phone, I want you to, I want you to do this. He said, just go and tell Jesus, Jesus, my friend Don Norman told me to come and tell you I want to throw up. 
So when I hung up the phone, I did that. And I went to Jesus just like I am. So we don't have to go to God praying big fancy prayers. We don't have a high priest that doesn't understand what it's like to be living in this earth. He knows what it is to be kissed on the cheek while he's getting betrayed. He knows what it's like to get spit in his face. He knows what it's like to be hurt by people and hurt by situations and to carry a cross that's too heavy to carry and to fall under it three times. He knows what it's like. So when I went to Jesus and said, Jesus, I just want to throw up. Man, it felt like the Spirit of God came and just surrounded me. I felt like if I opened my eyes, I'd see Jesus. But it was the power of the Holy Spirit. And He helped me begin to pray over these people. You know, because when you first start praying for people who've hurt you, you want God to just kill them or curse them or do something because they, they deserve it, right? But, but see, that's immature prayers. But when the Holy Spirit comes and starts to pray, He says, pray for your enemies. Pray for those who hurt you and spitefully use you and say all kind of things about you. Oh, I started praying things for these people. I couldn't believe what was coming out of my mouth. But that was the Holy Ghost helping me in my pain. See, don't let yourself get so hurt and so, so bound up by people that you, that you get stopped up and you can't pray. Don't you let somebody do that to you. You gotta learn how to let some stuff go. Let some stuff drop. Forgive them their trespasses as you forgive, how does that go? Yeah. 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 Oh, it's like the little boy. I heard a little boy learning how to pray that. He said, Lord, forgive us our trash passes as we forgive those who pass trashed us. Amen. And isn't that what it is? Somebody just unloading on you. They passing their trash to you because somebody probably hurt them. And then we turn and pass it to somebody else. Come on. We have to just forgive. We have to forgive. We have to let it go. And the Holy Spirit is the one who can help you forgive. He's the one who can help you pray. I pray for those people. I say, God, make them just like fat little babies. You just bless them so much. They don't even know where it's coming from. But it's coming because I'm praying for them. Bless them. It's one thing to forgive them. But when you pray for God to bless them, you can't even get the words to come out of your mouth by yourself. Oh, ain't nobody in here ever been hurt by somebody? And then, you know, God wants you to pray for him. Oh, y'all ain't big enough Christians yet. Cause you gotta pray for him. You can, you can't just forgive him. You gotta pray for him. Pray God bless him. God have mercy on him. Father, forgive him. For they know not what they do. Woo! That's what I'm talking about. That's a Holy Ghost help prayer right there. You need the Holy Ghost to help you pray through some situations when you get your feelings hurt. Amen. Romans eight twenty six through 28, the message means, meanwhile, the moment we get tired of waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in us and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs and our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition, and keeps us present before God. We're all pregnant with, with a destiny. We're all pregnant with purpose in this life. And God's getting us through it with the help of the Holy Spirit. So He keeps us present before God. I love that. He keeps us present before God. And that's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. All things work together for good for them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And then Jude 20 says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And we're not always just praying prayers where other people can hear us. But the Bible says, but you, when you pray, go in your room and shut the door and pray to your father in secret. You're in the secret place and your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. 
So you get in the secret place and you pray and, 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 and let God reward you openly for the prayers that you pray in the secret place. Oh, I know I'm right today. I'm helping somebody. You know, Daniel said in, in the book of Daniel, it said that the moment that Daniel prayed, the, he said the angel of the Lord that had come, he said, the moment your words were heard, I was sent. I was sent. The moment you opened your mouth to understand, I was sent. The prince of Persia withstood me for 21 days. I had to call for the archangel Michael to come and fight for me. He said, but, but the moment your words were heard, I was sent. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost to help you pray some prayers that have caused some stuff to be sent. Some stuff, the stuff that you need, the stuff you don't even understand about, you want to know, He sends it when you pray. Those Holy Ghost prayers that when you build yourself up on your most holy faith, you're praying in the Holy Spirit. That's where some stuff starts to get sent. How many of you got some stuff you need sent from the invisible realm? I need God to come and intervene. I need some stuff to be sent to me. Hallelujah. It's like these violent faith prayers. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And that is by prayer. You wrestle that thing out of heaven. Don't you give up or stop until it manifests. Amen. Number four, the Holy Spirit guides us through difficulties into victory. So he's not only there to help you pray and all these other things, but he actually is a guide. How many of you have been on on something where there's a tour guide? A tour guide. Well, we have our own personal tour guide. I think it's more like your navigation system. You know, the Word of God is like looking at a map. But when you've got that navigation system, it's kind of like you can just, just you'll say, okay, stay in the two center lanes. In 500 feet, turn right on Shepherd. I like that. That's like the Holy Spirit. He's giving you audible commands while you're looking at the Word to make sure that you're doing right. Amen? I thought that was good. All right, Galatians 5.25 says, Since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Isaiah um, 4, 2 through 3 and 5 in the message says, When you're in over your head, oh my God, this is so good. Y'all get ready. Get ready to, you're just going to want to dance on this one. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. Because I am God, your personal God. Underline that. Your personal God. Your, everybody's got your own personal Holy Spirit with you. Your personal God. The Holy of Israel. Your Savior. I paid a huge price for you. So don't be afraid. I am with you. When your life falls apart, and mine has several times when your life falls apart you know i had gone through a situation where i had been married for 17 years and my husband all of a sudden my ex-husband all of a sudden started to say i don't want you anymore i don't want our life to get i don't want ministry anymore he was the pastor and he suddenly walked out and left me Left me. I watched 17 years back out of the driveway. And he was gone. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe what... You know how when something happens to you so bad, you're tripping so hard for a minute, you don't even know what to do? I just just went and got in the bed, and I just could not believe that 17 years was over. He just... How could he leave? How could he leave the church? What... What is he thinking? But I mostly thought about myself. Depression just 
almost swallowed me up in that bed. I could have just laid there forever. And you might have even said, you got a right, Pastor, to just lay there. But my navigation system said otherwise. That next morning, I stayed awake all night. The sun was in my eyes, finally coming through the blinds that morning. I'll never forget. And I said, oh, my God, what am I going to do about the church? The Spirit of God spoke to me right then. He said, don't worry. I've already prepared the hearts of the people to follow you. So my navigation system kicked in. And I threw my legs over out of that bed. See, everything in the natural in me wanted to stay in the bed. And wanted everything in the natural. See, if I'd have been in the natural, if I'd have stayed in the flesh, I wouldn't have won. And you wouldn't be sitting here today and neither would I. See, the Bible says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So I can know that, but it's still hard to do it sometimes. Even though I know it, so my, everything in my flesh is in a fight with my spirit. There's a battle going on. My flesh says, leave me alone, spirit. I just hurt right now. And I've got a right to hurt. This is bad. This is really bad. I was so devastated. I felt like the pain in my gut hurt so bad. I felt like I could die from this. I felt like it could literally kill me. You know when you go over a, a, a roller coaster, that feeling in the pit of your stomach? Betrayal feels like you've been kicked in the stomach and it won't stop hurting. I felt like I had a right. I just hurt. Give me a minute. Just leave me alone. But when the Spirit of God comes, your guide, your navigational system comes and says, get up. It's about more than just you. Get up. You can keep going. I'll make this work together for your good. I promise. Get up. Get up. Let me tell you, if you'll get up and fight when you want to die, I'm telling you, there's a prize at the end of it. It costs you something. I'm telling you, to walk in a level of anointing, you, it, it's going to cost you something. But you get, you, you get up and go anyway. You get up and go anyhow. And I'm glad, I'm glad that I did because, because God has a way of blessing you until you forget somebody's name. He has a way of just pouring it on and pouring it on and making that thing work together until really he can heal you and make you every bit whole. Every bit whole. So when he tells you to get up, that spirit guide, that spirit voice of the Holy Spirit says, get up. And you're having that battle with your flesh that says, no, nah, we're going to stay home from church today. Well, you know your life is messed up. You know it's tore up. You better get yourself up. It, it, I felt like I had concrete on my legs. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Just to lift my arm, just to look in the mirror, just to, the thought of standing there for 10 minutes to put some makeup on. You feel like you, you just feel heavy. It's the spirit of heaviness, and it's come to take you out. You don't let your flesh win. I got myself up. I went to the bathroom. I washed my face. I anointed my eyes with some makeup. Looked in the mirror, and I did like David and I encouraged myself in the Lord. I said, you're not going down like this. You're going to do everything you ever said you were going to do with your cute self. You know, there's some stuff that can make your self-esteem take a hit. So like David said, <laughs> he encouraged himself in the Lord. And then he asked of the Lord, Lord, shall I go and try to recover my stuff and my people? The Lord said, go. He said, and you will recover all. 
See, God is a restoring God. He has a way of putting back more than you lost. He has a way of leading you. He said, all the years that the canker worm and the, and the, and everything that's stolen from your life, I'm going to put back more than you ever had to start with. He's a restoring God. Hallelujah. So always remember that you have more on your side. There's more with you than there is against you. You might feel so heavy that you feel like it might be an IRS. I don't know. Somebody's going through an IRS fight right now. IRS can can come and terrify you. Don't let it get you down. There's more on your side than there is on the IRS side. It might not feel like it right now, but there's more on your side than there is on the doctor's side. There's more on your side than there is on the financial institutions. I'm telling you, there's more on your side. So Elisha and his servant were... um, getting ready, uh, they, they, were, they were surrounded by their enemy. All around, they were surrounded, and Elisha supposedly didn't know it. But Elisha's servant went out and saw all the people all around, and he comes to Elisha, he says, Elisha, we're in big trouble. We are surrounded all around. What are we going to do? Elisha says, don't worry. There's more with us than there is with them. The guy's like, one, two. <laughs> oh, really? Let me count the other way. One, two. Elisha, there's just two of us here, and there's a whole bunch of them out there. How are we going to do this? So look what look what Second Kings six sixteen says. He says, "Don't worry about it. There are more on our side than on their side." Then Elisha prayed, "Oh God, open his eyes and let him see." The eyes of the young man were opened, and he saw a wonder: the whole mountainside full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. So you might feel like you're by yourself. In that trial, you may feel like I'm in the bed and I don't, I have a right to not get up, but I'm telling you, get up and get up and fight because there's more with you than there is against you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Hallelujah. Come on and give God some praise this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. We receive it in, into the, the good ground of our heart, and we declare a hundredfold return this morning on your word, Lord God. We declare that, Lord, we are coming out of every test and trial. Even as we go into it, we'll be like Jesus said, I say this so you can have perfect peace. In this life you'll have tribulation, but don't worry. Cheer up. I've already conquered it for you and deprived it of power to harm you. So, Lord, we'll go into it with joy, knowing that we win in every circumstance, in every situation. You have caused us to be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we will not lose on a single score. We will not be defeated on a single score. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We receive victory right now in any situation. I just pray over this whole congregation right now. And I just declare any any battle that anyone is going through right now, I declare victory. He is Jehovah Nisi. He is the Lord God, our banner of victory. He trains your hands for war. He will gird you up with strength. He will drop wisdom on you. He'll give you a plan of action. Whatever it is that you need, He is a God who is right there, right now, ready to give you what you need so that you can win. So I just speak and declare and prophesy and say you will not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. I declare that you are overcoming, that he is meeting all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I declare the windows of heaven are open and he's pouring out for you such blessing you don't have room enough to receive it. I declare open doors of favor. I declare he goes before you and he makes the crooked places straight. That he lifts up every valley. He brings down every mountain and he brings everything that is out of line back into line for you. He will create 
made it for you if it absolutely has to be. He'll make streams in the desert. He'll make a road and a highway through the wilderness to make sure that you get whatever it is that you need. Hallelujah in Jesus' name. He will give you wisdom to deal with that situation, that co-worker, that boss, whatever is going on with you, uh, how to handle your, your medical situation. He will show you how to do it. He trains you for war and to how to fight in that situation. We receive it. We decree it now in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Well, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, maybe you're here this morning. You say, Pastor Sally, I'm not right with God. Not right with God, but I want to be right with God. Would you pray with me this morning so that I can receive Christ in my life, make him first in my life? This, this is what I did 25 years ago and one month. 25 years and one month ago, I knelt down in my closet at the age of 31. And I threw my hands in the air and I said, I'm through running. I'm through trying to do things my own way. I'm ready to do things your way, Lord God. So I, I gave him my whole life. I went all in. I, I gave him everything. I didn't hold back one kingdom for myself. I, I took myself off of every throne and I gave him the right to lead me in my life. I surrendered. And many people want to receive salvation, but they don't understand the fact that you've got to go all in. He's Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And so this morning, you're at a crossroads. It's time to pray. It's time to make that step. You've been wanting to. And you know what? The sin that so easily besets us is not worth holding back. You think I'm not through. Sin is fun. Sin is fun for a season, but payday comes. And payday is not fun. So it's time to set all that aside and accept Jesus Christ. Accept the free gift of salvation. See, we're all sinners. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, every single one of us. But the Bible says the good news of the gospel is that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. So Jesus took our sin penalty for us. He died on the cross for you and me so that we could go free just just by believing and receiving by faith and giving him our lives. We owe it to him. Amen. We owe it to him since he died for us. All right. Well, I'm going to pray. And if that's you, you're saying, Pastor Sally, I want to get my life right with God. This is, this is the day I'm, I'm surrendering everything to him. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, just repeat after me. Say, Father, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up, sometimes on purpose. And sometimes I'm sure I just didn't know. But I'm sorry for my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Forgive me for my sins. Put me back in right relationship with our Father. Teach me. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer and you meant it in your heart, you got to let somebody know. You, nobody gets to sneak into heaven, but you got to let somebody know that you received Jesus today. And so what I'd like for you to do is to just simply fill out this card. And then on the back, there's a place where you can just put a check mark that says, yes, I received Christ and I choose, I choose Jesus. I commit my life to Christ as my Lord. Put a check mark right there. There's uh, the other questions you have, like how to grow my relationship with Christ. I'd like a call from a prayer partner. How can I volunteer? Water baptism. Anything else? Any other comments you want to put on there? You can certainly do that. You're going to take it over here to Pastor Carolyn. And she has a special gift that we've prepared for you as well as a little map. Pick up that Jesus map right there. Yeah, just open that up so they can see. On the inside 
of this. There's a, it's actually like a little map from left to right that shows you what your next steps are in Christ. Water baptism, uh, discipleship, membership, all of the things that you need to do. We, we put it on a, on a pamphlet so you can take it with you. And, and we have given you the information. Now it's up to you to make good decisions about being a new child of God. Amen? Because you have to grow. You have to grow. 